Hello, welcome to Liberal Europe, a podcast on ideas, politics and all things European, European Liberal Forum project. My name is Leszek Jaszczewski and I really hope that you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Liberal Europe. My name is Leszek Jaszczewski and today we are talking about the elections in Poland. Now, these elections took place on October 15 and the results uh, were actually quite significant. So, despite the mathematical win, uh, 35% of votes translated to 194 seats out of 460, the ruling law and justice um, politically lost. Lost because it doesn't have ability to build a coalition with any other parties and they have clearly, they're clearly below 231 seats in the parliament to rule and even together with the other uh, right-wing slash libertarian confederation, which got 7.16%, uh, which translates to 18 seats, they still are short of the majority. So therefore, there is a political change in Poland, a quite significant change, um, because after eight years, the, there's going to be a new, new old prime minister, Donald Tusk, most likely, He's been designated, uh, as we speak, by his own party uh, for for the prime minister. He still has to be accepted by the other two, or basically three coalition partners. Those coalition partners is the third way, which is already a coalition of two parties. Poland 2050, led by Szymon Hulownia, former TV star and the Catholic popular writer, and the agrarian PSL, which is led by Wladyslaw Kosiniak-Kamysz. They together got 14.4%, 65 seats. So they are the third biggest party in parliament. It was quite a surprise to uh, to see such numbers for them. The, the, there was a threat they might not go for the 8% threshold uh, for the coalition. And the... Last party we haven't talked about is the left, which got 8.6% of, of the votes, uh, 26 seats, a little bit below expectations. Mm, so the left is going to be the last, uh, the minor uh, member of the future ruling coalition. We're going to see a period of, well, basically waiting because the first step according to Polish institutions for President Duda who is uh, formerly um, Law and Justice, the ruling party member, and he's clearly uh, leaning, trying to help Law and Justice in this difficult transition from power. So he'll designate probably the current uh, Prime Minister, Mateusz Morawiecki, to to be a Prime Minister in spare, but after he quite clearly wouldn't get the votes, the, the majority, uh, the next step is the parliament. The parliament will designate a prime minister on its own and most likely it's going to be Donald Tusk, who we know uh, was a prime minister of Poland before 2015 and then the president of the European Council. So um, perhaps around December there's going to be a new government, a new majority, and there will um, there will be also a new politics in Poland because um, 
what's also quite significant with those elections, I think we should we should discuss is the record turnout. Seventy four percent polls voted. This is by far the record number in any sort of elections in Poland. Mm, such mobilization has not been expected. Uh, I don't think I've seen any data on this high turnout. Um, the political polarization, the, the emotions evoked uh, by those elections, uh, especially on the opposition side, where a lot of people felt that this is the only chance uh, to stop this illiberal drive by um, that still current government uh, breaking of the constitution and abuse of the human rights, especially women's rights, uh, I'm thinking of reproductive rights. So that was a huge mobilization. Also, the level of engagement of civic society was unprecedented. So us uh, in Liberta, we did three turnouts or well, different sort of campaigns around elections, and we were not the only ones. There were many others, especially targeting women, young women, uh, to turn out to vote. Um, and I think it's also quite surprising that the youngest voters from 1829 were actually more mobilized than the seniors, people over 65. It also has been uh, an opposite uh, Usually the the results were were actually quite the opposite. The elderly were more more mobilized than than the youngest voters, and among the youngest voters, peace, ruling law, injustice, uh, called peace, in short, uh, is very unpopular. So it didn't help them this this record turnout by the young voters. So how how this new government will rule, how the situation is going to change. So, well, fundamentally, it's going to change in a way that, as perhaps most of you know, the last um, eight years were not really the best of times from the perspective of, well, anyone who has any pro-European, liberal, basically even sort of democratic values in mind here in Poland. This government was clearly taking Poland into the direction which Hungary already took, which is, well, some would say liberal democracy, some would say uh, basically not democracy at all. I think, I think that after another four or more years of, of, of this party, we might see um, complete destruction of private media, of NGOs, of um, well, other areas in which the civic society and, and, and freedom resides. So there, there was a fear that this is what's going to happen. And also the very anti-European turn by, by peace, there were well, opposite to almost any mainstream reforms or uh, propositions by the other European partners, including the refugees, the migrants, well, quite skeptical towards any sort of climate, 54-55, even though Poland signed it, there is very little uh, going on, on on those issues. So almost, I mean, I think on all fronts in which this government will be able to rule, and I will get to it um, in a minute, 
what are the what are the obstacles they're going to face. Um, but on those issues in which it is difficult for party coalition government will be able to find common ground, definitely uh, more mainstream European cause uh, is, is among those issues. And of course, we should not expect uh, continuation of authoritarian drive. Uh, on quite the contrary, one of the uh, unifying issues of, of this new forthcoming coalition government is restoration of the democratic institutions in Poland, such a uh, constitutional tribunal, which will be very difficult to, to fix, but uh, I think there will, be, there will be one of the issues that they will try to do uh, at, the, at the very beginning. Public TV, which I think can rival, at least until recently, the Putin propaganda machine, which is, well, almost basically impossible to watch by any reasonable person. It's not just a question of having certain ideology. It's, it's, it's just so plainly stupid and, and primitive. Mm. So I think the public media, the rule of law, mm, perhaps to some extent abortion, which was a big issue a couple of years back with, with huge protests on the streets. But there are some obstacles um, here. One is that the, the third way, this center-right um, alliance, is not um, going to support the, the liberalization of abortion in the way that is going to be legal until the 12th week, which is the proposition of the left and the civic platform. They might support only the sort of so-called abortion compromise, which allows abortion when it's, it's threatening the life of, of the woman, which is in theory uh, also legal currently. And due to the, uh, well, when the reason of the, also in the case of rape and also in the case of a cert, uh, in certain medical conditions, but uh, otherwise, it is um, going to be quite difficult to implement because of this constitutional tribunal, uh, which is, has ruled against the abortion. And this is the reason why this abortion ban in practice has been installed in Poland. And also, um, the biggest obstacle uh, of all in general for this new forthcoming government is going to be President Duda, who has the veto power, president doesn't have that many powers in Poland, but he has one which is very significant. And this is the veto. And to um, abolish the veto, you need three fifths of the, of the votes in the parliament, 276. And the oppositions together doesn't have it. They have around 260. So they're short of it. Actually, they are below the threshold. Um, they might have 260 together with the with the other Confederacja Party Confederation. But even even with this nationalist libertarian party, which wouldn't support the abortion liberalization at all, anyway, they cannot they cannot abolish the Duda's veto. So it might be for the next year and a half until presidential elections. Uh, in mid 2025, May 2025, this is going to be uh, a big problem because 
it's almost like in US when you don't have like one chamber, uh, you don't have the Senate or you don't have the the House of Representatives in which you can't really pass the legislation. And you cannot pass the legislation if it's not signed off by the president. So how you can go around it? The, of course, okay, you can, you can pass the budget because the president cannot veto the budget. But all the other things, all the other laws, he can veto and he will definitely will because he will try to prove that this coalition cannot rule. And especially on those issues where the, the new coalition will try to, to fix, to change, amend, reform everything that law and justice did wrong, all this, um, all this institutional uh, destruction they performed and, well, the fixes of this will take a lot of time in any case, but with the veto of the president, some of them will be very difficult and potentially also legally challenging because you will have to find the solutions which, from the constitutional perspective, might be dubious. But surprise, surprise, without the constitutional tribunal, there is, and we don't really have a functioning uh, legal constitutional tribunal at, at the moment, it's going to be extremely difficult to, to judge what is constitutional, what is not. So I would expect a lot of, well, maybe not chaos, but definitely a lot of political conflict and perhaps a very strong clashes, hopefully not uh well hopefully metaphorically or political clashes but uh one can expect that law and justice which didn't take the the laws very well they they expected to continue their role um, they will have to mobilize very much against the new government the new coalition they will try to bring it down they will try to force the early elections or if not at least try to slow down or block where, when they can the reforms that the new coalitions are, are planning. Also because on, on well, they, they will try to keep as much power as they can in different institutions and mostly in the, in the public media, um, in many public companies. Uh, well, obviously it is going to be very hard for them, but there is, there is uncertainty how the new coalition wants to proceed, knowing very well that with the exception of perhaps some issues regarding the defense or Ukraine or maybe some of the international affairs, maybe some of the social spending or lowering the taxes, because the, the civic platform, the biggest of the parties, they promise lowering of the taxes um, or actually the, the rising of the tax thresholds. Um, but so basically it's, it's like lowering the taxes for, for everyone. And for some people, it means uh, up to 5,000 zloty, which is like about 1,200 euro that people basically want paid taxes, um, personal taxes. So this president might sign because it's this, this going to be quite popular. And I'm sure that he doesn't want to be unpopular. But on the other issues, I think will be firmly against. So this is the, the biggest challenge ahead. Uh, the other one I mentioned already before with regard to the abortion law, it is the very complex coalition party um, government. We haven't had such a government under new constitution that we have. Well, it's not that new, it's from 1997, but 
so many parties in the government were only under the previous constitution. Governments were very unstable at the time. There were multi-party governments. And I think, of course, now it's different. Now everyone is, uh, in the new coalition is mobilized to, to try to prove themselves. They, after eight years of, of law and justice, they can, they can fix the state. They can fix democracy. And I think they're very much determined and also the expectations uh, are very high on behalf of the people. And this very high turnout also puts an extra burden, so to speak, on the, on the new government. So I think at least at the beginning, they will try to behave. I mean, try to keep the politicking to at, at bay. But of course, the, also the pressure of the party apparatus um, many of those people have been out of power for so long without access to, well, basically what politics can offer, uh, the power, the, the administration, the money. It's going to be very hard to keep those people from um, taking over all the state institutions, especially because peace set the standards so low that the temptation to try to follow suit, at least on some issues, at least on getting the political nominees into the uh, public entities or foreign service, for example, will be quite high. Mm, and I suppose that perhaps only the prime minister, only Donald Tusk, who has the mandate by, by this high turnout and high support for his party and very high support for him personally among some, not all, um, people who voted for the, for the current opposition and the future coalition means that he will, might try to, to fight at least the most, uh, well, difficult and most, and well, most, uh, egregious, uh, examples of, of, uh, taking over the, the state institutions by, by the political parties. Mm, I think he, he sort of promised a, a better, also morally better politics. And, and I think he needs to keep his word and the other leaders uh, as well. Mm, we spoke a lot about the internal issues of Poland. And well, for obvious reasons, it's, it's going to be very much focused internally, I'm afraid, at the very beginning. Those who think that Poland will be back on the European stage are right to the extent in which Poland won't be blocking everything just by default. And I think Hungary, especially now, is in trouble. Article 7 might be and should be used against Hungary. It's not really a democracy anymore. And it shouldn't have voting rights in the, in the Council, in the European Council. But um, with exception of Ukraine, I suppose Poland will be very much at, the, at least at the first couple of months, if not longer, engaged in, in trying to fix itself. And we have to keep it in mind that, um, that on things like the COVID funds, the recovery funds, it's not just which Poland would very much like to receive. To the large extent, they will be blocked by the institutional by the institutional construction or destruction they mentioned before by, by peace. So this constitutional tribunal cannot function. And as long as it's not fixed, it will be very hard to move on on such important issues like 
recovery funds, which is one of the most important promises of the new coalition. So uh, I think on many issues that the new government might find its hands tied, it might have good intentions and it might want to play ball on on international stage on issues like climate and and of course defense and energy and even refugees even though here i would expect donald Tusk to be pretty tough he's no no not a liberal no uh, he's not a progressive on those issues he, he he wants to keep border closed i think it's going to be quite contentious for people who expected uh, a turnaround on here so in general, I think it's going to be quite professional once the, the Foreign Service has been purged from, from these uh, political nominees of, of, of law and justice. But it's going to take some time. And um, also we are going to have another elections, the local elections in April and of course European elections in June. I think actually European elections are also worth discussing separately in the podcast. But um, it's also going to keep everyone busy uh, here in Warsaw and elsewhere. So I would expect that Poland will especially quickly fix the relationship with Germany. But even though uh, Donald Tusk has nothing against Germany, uh, quite the contrary, but he's been so many times accused of being the, well, German agent by the propaganda from the state TV and politicians of, of law and justice that is going to be quite difficult for him, I think, on to be as open and as forthcoming as he could have been otherwise. But I do hope that for the sake of the, well, basically Polish interests, European interests, he will be able to, uh, to ignore this, to fight it down, to show that uh, building a constructive relationship with Germany, with France, we will cause United States as well and the other partners in Europe and with Ukraine, uh, where I think they would be quickly, quickly, they would try to quickly find some sort of consensus on the, uh, on the agrarian issues, even though it also is not going to be very easy because also civic platform, especially was uh, quite uh, critical towards, towards dysfunction of the Polish states vis-a-vis uh, -vis the, the imports from Ukraine. So it's not going to be uh, pretty straightforward, but I'm sure that it's going to be constructive, much more constructive than law and justice was during the political campaign. So I think on those issues, there will be at least a will to find a solution. And Poland might be finally not the issue of discussion on the European uh, on the European stage and the world stage, but it might be a player which helps to find the broker a solution. This is very much uh, a hope of mine. I'm sure we will at some point discuss what it means, uh, this um, election result, what it means for the Europe in general, and perhaps also what it means to for the fight with populism, nationalism, and we will discuss also European elections at some point, but I think it is time to stop now. And uh, thank you very much for listening. This is all for me from today. And please tune in for Ricardo Silvestre next week. Until two weeks. Goodbye. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And if you like what we are doing and want to help spreading the liberal values, please give us a five-star review and share with your friends.